We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here, back for another episode, guys. You know, it's been a couple days here, but here we are, back recording another episode. Derek, looked like you had a fun weekend, man, with bachelor party <laughs> and all that stuff. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. Yeah, the bachelor party over the weekend was extremely fun, amazing time, so... I'm just glad to be back and be able to finally do some episodes. I missed you guys. Absolutely. It's so fun. You know, after you don't do it for a couple of days, you do miss it. You do miss the grind and just being able to talk Colts football. So glad that we were able to both be back together here. And guys, it's a point in the offseason now where there's not a whole lot going on, right? It's kind of the dead period until really until training camp happens at the end of July. So, you know, a lot of stuff is down. Numbers are down. People have kind of tuned out for the summer. But Guys, there was a lot that happened this offseason, like a lot. A lot of new players that the Indianapolis Colts got, whether that was via trades, whether that was free agent signings, whether that was draft picks. And so what we wanted to do, guys, we wanted to talk about our list here of the top six Indianapolis Colts who we believe will have the biggest impact here in the 2022 season. There's a lot of a lot of guys to pick from, a lot of guys that didn't make quite make the cut here on this list, but we wanted to talk about the guys that we think will have an impact immediately on this team here in the immediate future. You know, maybe not guys that down the line will, but we're talking about more of the immediate here. So starting here with number six, we're going to start with a guy the Colts brought in, and I thought what is one of the most underrated moves. I actually had to look back, Derek, at this move and be like, oh, man, I can't believe I forgot about this move. That's the Colts bringing in Rodney McLeod, safety, formerly with the Philadelphia Eagles for a number of years was a big free agent signing, and, and honestly, Derek, a big reason why their defense was as good as it was during that Super Bowl run. Uh, but now that Rodney McLeod, a little bit older, you know, past 30, the Colts brought him in on a one-year deal. But I personally think, Derek, especially with the question marks you have at safety, um, especially due to health concerns with both Julian Blackman and Kari Willis, who both did miss some time last year. Julian Blackman, obviously, significant time. I do think the signing of a guy – like Rodney McLeod is that much more important just for some insurance for one of those guys, but also Derek, just the way that your defense uh, is run and predicated on those three safety looks, how important that is. And also just getting a veteran, a veteran leader in that locker room 
in the safety room. Really, something you didn't have last year was a veteran leader in there. I mean, I don't know what you think about Andrew Sandejo, but I'd much rather have a guy of Rodney McLeod's caliber who has some really good seasons under his belt, has won a Super Bowl, you know, has a lot of that vet experience, and and guys look up to a guy like Rodney McLeod. What are your thoughts on him here making this list and kind of his impact here in 2022? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. You know, we were talking about it right before we did this video that, you know, we kind of figured our top three guys were going to be the same, but I'm amazed that pretty much our entire list was pretty much the same here, even all the way down to Rodney McLeod. I mean, there were a couple different guys that you can maybe put at five and six if you really wanted to go there. You know, if you thought that guys like Nick Cross was going to make an immediate impact. Uh, Cody told me not to put Nick Foles uh, at number six because he thought that it would save me the uh, the being yelled at by everybody who watches this video. So regardless, here we are. Uh, but no, I think Rodney McLeod definitely makes a good impression on this because, you know, even if he doesn't get the field very often, which you and I both know he will see the field uh, this season pretty uh pretty often i believe and you know if injuries were to uh happen in that regard you know rodney mcleod probably the first safety off of the bench and out onto the field so you know rodney mcleod is definitely one of those guys that's immediately going to make an impact whether he's coming in from injury or not and you know just the same thing that we've always said throughout the entire offseason ever since he got picked up by the indianapolis colts I mean, it, it's that veteran presence, right? The guy that's been in a, in a winning locker room and knows what it's like to be part of a locker room that wins and makes big plays. And that's what uh, this guy really needs to be brought in to do because, you know, outside of Stephon Gilmore, this secondary all throughout of it is is young. I mean, everybody's under the age of 26. You know, none of these guys are very experienced. You know, most of the guys other than Kenny Moore, who's about to maybe get another extension, you know, most of the rest of these guys are, you know, under their first contracts. So, you know, I mean, there's these are young guys, and, you know, we keep talking about it throughout the whole defense, that, that immaturity sometimes or the inability to understand what it truly takes to win just because they've never been there. You know, you now get more guys like Rodney McLeod and Stephon Gilmore who – you know, bring that veteran leadership into the locker room. And that's what the Colts really wanted to strive in getting Rodney McLeod in here for. So again, a proven commodity, regardless of how old he is, you know, I definitely agree that he's a much better step forward than Sendejo. Uh, I think most people would agree with that. So, you know, at the end of the day, Rodney McLeod and, and, and just like a bunch of other people that you could have put at number six, you know, just those guys that may not be starters, but some guys that are going to bring leadership and they're going to bring some quality backup uh, depth play. Yeah, and you just so desperately needed that veteran leadership like you talked about because you did falter down the stretch, right? And nobody, when it came time to step up, nobody really stepped up and took ownership, especially in that DB room. And then you see guys like Trevor Lawrence or Derek Carr having field days against this defense. And you're like, what happened? What changed? Because this defense at one point, you know, they were holding quarterbacks like Josh Allen and, and and many other pretty good quarterbacks to virtually nothing. I mean, they were they were fantastic, especially at the cornerback. They were playing so well. And so you, you kind of wonder what changed. You know, I think it was just the lack of accountability. Again, Derek, going back to that, 
Um, so bringing in a guy like McLeod, who you talked about was part of that one locker room, but not just that, he was a captain in there too. He was one of the most respected guys in that Eagles locker room for many years. And so you bring in a guy like him who just brings in all that vet experience. I think it's just going to serve you so well down the stretch uh, for what you want to do with, you know, the gruel of the NFL season. Some guys are bound to get injured. Just having a guy that, yes, has that vet leadership, but also can still play. Rodney McLeod is still a really, really good player. I know our buddy Zach Hicks was kind of comparing the signing to the Chris Reed signing from a year ago, right? Um, He was talking about that. He said he thinks he could have that kind of impact for the Colts this year. Um, so we'll see exactly what happens, but I think he deserves to be on this list just because of the veteran leadership and the quality of play he can still provide for this team. We'll see how much he gets on the field this year. I think he still will get, like you mentioned, a good amount of snaps for this Colts team, but we shall see what that looks like. But that is our number six, guys. Now number five for us, let's move on to a draft pick. And this guy, physical freak, we've talked about it to death at this point, but Jelani Woods is unlike any tight end the Colts have on their current roster. I mean, he's bigger than Moali Cox, but he also can move. He's got the physical tools, you know, to be able to, you know, it was kind of crazy when I was able to watch some of his highlights and some of his tape. I'm like, this guy does not move like he's six foot six, 260 pounds. I mean, this dude can move. He actually has a lot of athletic ability. Like, he, you know, you, you notice the difference between him and, for example, Moali Cox immediately. I mean, he is just supremely more athletic than Mo Ali Cox. While Mo still has the physical tools, he's a little bit awkward with the ball. Let's just be honest. But Jelani Woods is not. Jelani Woods is not at all. And so it's just really exciting. I think the question, Derek, though, is kind of what is his role going to be? Because you still do have two other tight ends. You know, you have uh, Mo Ali Cox. You do have Kylan Granson. So you kind of wonder what kind of roles you're going to carve up in this offense. But I think just fit purely because – you don't have a tight end that can quite do what he can do. He's going to get some opportunities, and I think he's going to have a chance early to make some big plays for this offense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Molly Cox is really the hooper, you know, the guy that, you know, can go up and get the balls that you want to do in the end zone. But then, you know, Jelani is a little bit more of the guy that can do everything in the middle of the field. You know, he is the guy that is a little bit more athletic than Molly Cox. And I mean, again, Molly Cox has the hops, I'd say more than what Jelani has at the moment. But then again, Jelani has the speed. He's basically the track star, if you want to compare him to that sort of way. So, I mean, again, a guy that's six foot seven, 255 pounds that can run a four, seven, four, six is, it's just incredible to be able to see a guy move like that and, you know, so that's that is what you're gonna see. Is you're right. You have a guy like Molly Cox. It's been in the system for a while. He's presumably going to be the starter to start out because he knows he knows how things go. He's a really good pass or a really good run blocking tight end. He's a guy that can still get you something in the red zone. So he's probably gonna be the guy that starts right away. And Kylan Granson. I mean, again, people say. Kylan Granton's going to get pushed out here at some point. I really don't think so. I think he definitely uh, deserves some kind of role in this. But at the end of the day, you know, they drafted Jelani Woods at 73 for a reason. You know, I mean, it's just the physical tools of somebody like this is just incredible. You don't see people like this every year. You see maybe one prospect like this every five or 10 years at this spot that is that kind of athlete. So, you know, what you can do with a Jelani Woods is that wow factor. It's that it factor. You wonder if you can tap into that and get something out of it. So 
again, he's going to be a matchup nightmare for anyone that you put on him in the in the past game. He's big enough that if you can teach him how to uh, run block and pass block better, you know, this guy is going to be efficient at that because he's bigger than any other. Uh, he's pretty much as big, if not bigger than any defensive end out there. He can help with uh, blocking off the edge, you know, things like that. So, you know, he plays a significant role here because he may not get all the snaps that we would see and may not quite get the targets that we expect. But when you're a defensive coordinator, you have to account for when Woods is on the field because you know what the tape shows you and what the potential is for him. So again, Woods going to get a lot of snaps and I, I can't wait to see what he does because that, that physical specimen we thought Molly Cox was one. I mean, Jelani Woods just takes that to a whole nother level. Yeah. And some for sure. Just another matchup nightmare for defenses. I mean, who are you going to put on? Are you going to put a safety on him? Okay. He's bigger than the safety. He's going to put a linebacker on him. He's faster than linebackers. So what are you going to do? Like, it's just, it creates a huge problem for defenses. And just, you know, another part of the arsenal for Matt Ryan, uh, I think Jelani Woods, whether or not he gets a ton of snaps, we'll see. But when he's on the field, He's certainly going to present a challenge, a unique challenge for defensive coordinators. So we think he's going to have that impact in that way. Uh, maybe he won't necessarily show him the stats all the time, but you know, just the fact that he's out there and just is able to scare defenses and, and put more attention on him, that's going to help out all the other guys as well. So it's the first draft pick that we have on here. The second guy we're going to talk about is the guy that Colts picked right before Jelani Woods. That's Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati. I think Derek, out of any of the rookies, Alec Pierce has the greatest opportunity to get the most snaps and get the most catches and contribute the most from a statistical standpoint, because I think he's on track right now from what we've all heard to be the number two wide receiver in this offense. And that's no small feat because, uh, you know, you still do have some talented guys in Paris Campbell, right? You do have Ashton Doolin. You know, you do have a few guys there that could potentially challenge for that. But Alec Pierce, he's a different cat, man. He, he's got the physical tools that you just can't teach. Similar to Jelani Woods, even though he's not as physically gifted, obviously. Didn't, uh, Jelani Woods is just different. But Alec Pierce, nonetheless, six foot three, 215. Nice compliment to Michael Pittman Jr. And honestly, with how big MPJ you know, broke out last year, I think it's going to present a good opportunity for him to potentially get some, some looks here in this offense. Um, because the Colts have been lacking for I don't know how long now, Derek. A true number two wide receiver. I mean, you can just... Go down the list the last decade. They have really have not had one um, for beyond maybe one year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, I mean, T.Y. Consider. was the number one for so many years, but throughout all the Andrew Luck years, I mean, think who did the Colts really have at wide receiver outside of, you know, the early years when Reggie Wayne was still there? I mean, yeah. who did we have? I mean, Dante Moncrief was the number two. And, you know, we saw what happened when he left Andrew Luck. I mean, he was never the same player after that. Yeah. So needless to say, the Colts are, have been in desperate. Even the Chris Ballard era, they really have not found a legitimate number two wide receiver for a number of years. You know, they've had T.Y. Hilton in kind of that role the last couple of years, but he's kind of been on the steady decline. Um, and Michael Pittman obviously was just coming into his own. So now that he's kind of where he is, the Colts are really in desperate need of another guy to compliment him. And so Alec Pierce has a great opportunity here, Derek. To really take advantage of that and to, you know, build that trust with Matt Ryan here early and, you know, OTAs, mini camp is coming up, all those things, and training camp uh, to firmly place himself in that number two wide receiver conversation 
heading into the season. What are your thoughts here on Alec Pierce and his potential impact here in 2022? Well, I mean, from what it sounds like is that Alec Pierce is already making himself right at home. Uh, I mean, it, it, he sounds like he's already been the clear number two, as it sounds already, has been making some phenomenal catches, has looked really smooth out there. So, I mean, that's that's a thing of beauty to hear about uh, already. And, you know, with the fact that, you know, as the spe- the physical specimen that he is, 6'3", 210 pounds, runs a 4'4", four, four, you know, can has a 40-inch vertical. I mean, just a guy with that size and that athleticism, again, I mean, it, it's it's like, it's almost like Michael Pittman, but on steroids, you know, when it comes to the speed. I mean, Michael Pittman certainly isn't slow, but, I mean, Alec Pierce is definitely faster than Michael Pittman. So, I mean, you get a guy that's almost the same height, the same weight, the same length, the same everything, and you get get a guy that's faster and can still play the same way as Pittman. You go up and go get it. And, you know, I mean, we, we keep joking about it, but it's really no joke. The Colts literally have the biggest wide receiver slash tight end group of any team in the National Football League. I mean, it's phenomenal how big. I mean, the smallest receiver that the Colts have on the active roster is Paris Campbell, who's six foot tall and is 200, or I think is, yeah, 205 pounds. He's the smallest receiver we got. Everyone else is over 210 pounds, and everyone else is uh and outside of Ashton Doolin. I think Doolin's six one, but uh, you know, everybody else is six three and above. And then obviously the tight ends, Granson's six foot three, but then you got two six foot six guys out there. So I mean, the, the Colts are gonna dominate you with speed this year and, and with size. And Alec Pierce is just another one of those guys that is a great complement to both. And you're right, Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman, this really all depends kind of on Michael Pittman as well, because if Pittman does assert himself into that number one role and he starts to become more of that number one guy for Matt Ryan into the uh, going into the season, that does leave room for Alec Pierce to get more of those one on one matchups and not have to get game planned against as often. And that might allow Matt Ryan to dice some things up to Alec Pierce a little bit more often with more added attention to Michael Pittman. So it's going to, it, a lot of it is going to depend. And obviously it's still early in the off season. Yeah. But Alec Pierce has to be the one rookie that is going to have a phenomenal impact right off the bat for this offense. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how they use him, what his role kind of looks like here in year number one. All right, let's move on to number three here. And the last three guys we have, are not draft picks. You know, we just had two draft picks on this list. There's a couple other guys we could have probably added. For one or two, you know, there'd be people would make the argument, okay, Bernard Ryman or maybe Nick Cross. But my argument to them would be, Derek, is like, well, Bernard Ryman may not, may or may not even win the tackle position. And if he doesn't, he's really not going to see significant snaps. It's really going to depend. It's like a wait and see with him. If he does, certainly I'd put him on this list. But we don't know that right now. I think a lot of us would say Matt Pryor is probably the starter at left tackle right now. And then Nick Cross is the number four safety right now. So that's the reason why they're off this list. Not saying they can't make an impact. They certainly could. But as it stands right now, that's kind of where it looks at. So, all right, let's move on to number three. Let's talk about Stephon Gilmore. Uh, the kind of impact he's going to have, I think he's going to have a tremendous impact if he's healthy. But that is the big question, Derek. Is he going to be healthy for 17 games? Because last year, he missed some time. He missed some time the last couple of years with some injuries. So we all know the talent is there. I mean, Gilmore 
former defensive player of the year. So we all know he's done it before. But the question here with how, you know, his age past 30 with some of the injury history, can he get back to that elite level of corner? I don't know the answer of that, Derek. I think we're going to just have to wait and see. But I think if he is healthy, certainly he's going to have a major impact as cornerback number one. I just saw a tweet before we went in here and I just, uh, I'll read it off now. In just eight appearances last season, Stephon Gilmore's 79.4 coverage grade ranked the seventh highest among all cornerbacks in the NFL. In six wow. games, in eight games. So in half the season, this man was ranked the seventh highest uh, corner in all of the NFL. Just in those eight games, and he was dealing with injuries, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, their scheme, the way they liked it, didn't work for him. Well, here we are. He's going to be healthy going into this year, and he's going to be in a system that is designed for a player like him to be aggressive and not have to strictly just be man-to-man. He can play man-to-man, but also be aggressive in a zone coverage scheme. Uh, and that's what that's what really comes into play here. Stephon Gilmore, yes, he's not the same cornerback that he was from 2019. It's not the same there. But I would say even if you got... And we said this the last time with a great corner. Remember remember when you and I said with Xavier Rhodes, if Xavier Rhodes was even 60 to 70% of what Xavier Rhodes was when he was in Minnesota at his all-pro level, that's still a really good corner. And what happened? The first year that he played, he was a he was a t- arguably top 15 corner in the league. So, I mean, you know, we've seen this happen before. We've seen the Colts take chances on some high pro high profile guys who are nearing the back ends of their careers, but guys that they think still have something left in the tank. And, you know, if the injuries didn't hit Xavier Rhodes as hard as they did last season, Xavier Rhodes probably would have been a little bit better than what he was. So, but by the end of the day, I I saw him do saw them do this once, and I I'm right on the same boat as I am with Stephon Gilmore here. I don't think he's lost that much of a step as some people might lead them to believe. Uh, Again, in half a season last year, even dealing with injuries, he was still one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He's still a shutdown guy. He's a guy that is now your veteran of the secondary group, the guy that's actually going to be on the field starting and being the main communicator in the secondary. This is the kind of person that you want in your locker room and on the football field when the when the ball hits the field. Okay, that's what you need. And he is the guy that is going to make things happen a lot for this team. And the great thing is teams are going to have to account for him. And he knows that. And he knows that it's going to help lead to a lot more opportunities for some of these young guys to step up, a.k.a. Isaiah Rogers. We're going to see what Rogers is made of this year because they're going to target him a lot even though we know that both Stephon Gilmore and Isaiah Rogers last year were some of the best corners in the league at man-to-man coverage. So if that turns out to be the case again this year, Stephon Gilmore is about to make this defense, this secondary, like virtually impossible to throw the football against. That's that's the hope, man. That's the hope. We would love for that to happen because last year the defense did show a lot of growth, I think, in, in the corners, like I talked about earlier, specifically guys like Isaiah Rogers, you know, and, and some of those boys. So, yeah, Stephon Gilmore, another vet in there, similar to Rodney McLeod, is going to have a big impact. He's been there, done that. His resume speaks for himself. 
And he's going to be able to teach those young guys a lot um, in this locker room. That's something the Colts really lacked was that vet experience in the corner room last year, right? I mean, Xavier Rose, but he was, like you said, he was dealing with his own stuff, his own injuries. So the Colts now, if they can have Stephon Gilmore back to, like you said, 60 70%, but he can stay healthy, you'll sign up for that every day of the week. So excited to see what Stephon Gilmore does if he is healthy out there, ready to go week one. All right, top two here. Um, no surprise, these guys are the top two because these two, in my opinion, and I probably in your opinion too, Derek, the most important things to being a successful team is getting after the opposing quarterback and having a good quarterback of your own. And so we're going to go just like that. Number two is going to be Yannick Ngakwe. Number two is going to, number one is going to be Matt Ryan. No shocker there, but let's talk about Yannick Ngakwe here first. I mean, the dude, the resume, just like with Stefan Gilmore, speaks for itself. But here's the thing. Yannick Ngakwe has been extremely healthy, extremely durable, knock on wood, throughout his career, right? He consistently gets after the quarterback eight-plus times every year. He's shown that. That's something, if you ask me the last couple of years to define this Colts defensive end room, one word that would come to mind is inconsistency. Inconsistency. Flashes, but inconsistency. Every single time, Colts could not consistently get pressure on the quarterback. That's why, you know, in that Buffalo game, in the playoffs, they couldn't close that game out. That's why last year, down the stretch, couldn't close out the season. They could not get after the quarterback when it mattered. And so you get a guy like a proven guy, like Yannick Ngakwe, who has given the Colts a lot of issues in his time, whether it was with the Jacksonville Jaguars or the couple other teams he was with. Yannick has constantly been a force on the edge. And just to get a proven guy in there, I think was one of the best moves Chris Ballard has ever made. I think it's going to pay big dividends, for especially, Derek, for what you gave up only going a player for player and getting a guy like Stephon Gilmore to kind of fill that void. To me, it's just like this was my favorite, one of my favorite trades I think Chris Ballard has ever made. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on this trade for Yannick Ngakwe here? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's definitely been one of the better moves that Ballard's made throughout his tenure here at Indianapolis. I mean, would you put it up there with the DeForest Buckner one? I don't know. I'd say right now, I'd probably put it just at 1A, 1B. It's very similar, but in some ways, we're going to figure it out. We're going to find out what Yannick Ngakwe still has left in the tank. And, you know, we almost every single Colts content creator that we've spoken to it feels the same way about Yannick, that he's only 27. You know, I mean, this guy's still in the in his prime. You know, I mean, pass rushers like him, you know, they don't, they don't go out of their prime until they get into their late 30s. I mean, we've seen some edge guys still perform really well at a high level that have performed at the highest level even when they were at that age. So Yannick, like you said, over the last, what, three, four seasons? I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, this guy's been one of the most efficient edge rushers at getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's what you need. And that's a huge help for just not only a, a guy like a DeForest Buckner, but somebody like Quiddy Pay, who's coming off the edge that is going into his second year. You know, maybe that gives Quiddy Pay a few more chances at getting a few more sacks. If quarterbacks are naturally going away from Yannick Ngakwe, you know, you you feel like that could be something that you could see further down the road. So Yannick, it, it was a huge thing to get Yannick because. We've talked about it all offseason, what you needed at defensive line to get that edge pressure. We knew Quiddy Pay was getting better at it as the season went on, but he was still not at a level that Yannick Ngakwe is at currently. And right then, he was the only one 
doing that. I mean, Al-Qadim Muhammad was not getting uh, consistent pressure like Quiddy Pay was. Kamoko Ture was doing that, but the problem is we didn't play him. So, you know, that was ineffective. So you had these situations where Quiddy Pay was really the only one doing it and everyone on the other edge, it just didn't matter. You just, you, you take your left tackle or right tackle against that matchup anytime. So DeForest Buckner had to face a lot more issues. So now you now have a situation where maybe, just maybe, you might take a few double teams off of DeForest Buckner. And when and we know when you try to just put one man to block DeForest Buckner, that almost never works. Almost never works. And even if it did work, then Yannick is going to get uh, uh, just man-on-man off the edge, and we've seen him do what he does. So, you know, this was it was a phenomenal trade when it happened. I was insanely happy, just like you were. Uh, we were both insanely happy that Ballard knew that we couldn't just get complacent with the guys that we did have. It was time to find a bona fide stud to help improve that unit right now. And that's what Yannick does. I'm excited to see what kind of impact he makes on this edge room. I mean, honestly, and this might be a little crazy for some people, but I think Yannick is the best edge player the Colts have had since Robert Mathis. I I really do. I I feel like his potential is sky high, and he has a potential to be that stud pass rusher still for a good five to ten years. Maybe not ten years, but somewhere in between that maybe. Uh, because he is only 27. So this is a move for the present, but also for the future, which I really like. And I I appreciated that Chris Ballard finally just put his hands in the air and kind of said, you know what, we've tried the draft route. We have a couple guys we still like. What we need to get a proven guy in there. And and they finally did. So I think that's going to just be huge for this team. If they have Super Bowl playoff division aspirations and things of that nature, they got to be able to get to the quarterback, especially when they get to the playoffs and face some of those elite quarterbacks. We all know so many in the AFC They've got to have to get after the quarterback. So, And then we talk about Matt Ryan at the one. I mean, I think this one's pretty obvious, pretty clear. The quarterback drives the whole thing. You know, you can have the most talented team um, in the world, but if you don't have a good quarterback play, I mean, you're you're not going to go very far in the playoffs if you reach the playoffs at all. And that's what we saw with the Colts down the stretch when they clearly did not trust Carson Wentz to lead their team, you know, into the playoffs. And I do wonder in the playoffs what would have happened with Carson Wentz. Would they kind of have – you know, continue to rely on Jonathan Taylor. We'll never know. But all that to say, they didn't trust Carson Wentz. So they shipped him out of town, got Matt Ryan, who was not in a great situation with the Atlanta Falcons the last couple of years. But now he finally gets to be on a team that, you know, you think from what you can tell on this Colts team has a lot of nice pieces around him to compliment Matt Ryan. And I think that's the exciting thing is the sky's the limit with a guy like Matt Ryan, a little bit older, but he still has it as a quarterback, he still has the arm. He's maybe not the quarterback he was, you know, in his prime and everything, but he's still a darn good quarterback. Certainly has a lot more left than Philip Rivers did when he came to town a couple years ago. Um, so all that to say, I think the one thing that Matt Ryan brings is just that leadership and consistency that Carson Wentz just frankly didn't have last year for this team. Yeah. I mean, what, what Matt Ryan's going to be able to do for you is, you know, not only to, be a better quarterback on the field. But, you know, I think the underestimating uh, factor here is what you can, what he provides in the locker room. I think that's something that, you know, we don't talk a lot about when it comes to, you know, what the whole quarterback situation was for us last year. Again, Carson Wentz got along with everyone. He was a good teammate. Was he a great leader in the big situations? I don't think he was. And, you know, was he, 
as interested in detail as what Matt Ryan is. I don't think he is. So at the end of the day, you know what you, I mean, they've already been talking about it, that Matt Ryan has been, you know, quizzing these guys on different things has you know, been, you know, up their butts on a lot of different things already. So, you know, they said it's, it's good to have somebody like that in the locker room said it reminds them a lot of Andrew Luck. And that that's a great thing to hear, you know, cause Andrew Luck was, the exact same way that nerd that just always kept quizzing you on things to make sure you knew what was going on. And that's a great thing. Cause then these guys will be a lot more better prepared for the weeks to come when it comes to important moments and specifically games. So, you know, it's great to hear that Matt Ryan is already in, uh, asserting himself as that kind of a leader. And I, I I'm excited to see what Matt Ryan does. They're really I don't have a lot of words to really explain what my level of excitement is for him. I'm just happy that he's our quarterback. I'm glad that we're able to get a hold of him. And I I can't wait to see what this offense and this team looks like with a true veteran under center. Yep. So that's our list, guys. Let us know your thoughts on the guys that will have the most impact. Are there any guys that you would have added to the list? Maybe we didn't. Are there any guys you would take off? Do you agree with our ranking? Let us know all those things in the comments below. Can't wait to read your guys' discussions and all those good things. Uh, Thank you guys so much for all your support and everything that you do for us. It's going to be a fun 2022 season. Guys, if you're heading down to training camp here in a couple months, we hope to see you down there. We'll try to get down there a couple times. Looking forward to that. It's it's always a good time to be able to connect with Colts Nation, watch the team, you know, at a little bit of a closer capacity and things. And, Hopefully we'll be able to get some media access. We'll see. But all that to say, guys, we really appreciate all your support. Thank you for everything that you do for us. And uh, we're trying to make the push to 12K, guys. So if you're just watching this video and you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love if you would check us out and give us that chance. Um, We try to upload a lot of content throughout the course of the week uh, to keep you guys updated, even in the slow times like we mentioned, like right now in the middle of June. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Appreciate it as always. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.